Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, and today we're going to talk about health and safety. The airlines have all been racing to show just how clean they are, but does it matter? We'll talk about that today. But first, I want to thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight experiences turbulence, but did you know you can find out exactly how bumpy your flight will be even before you get on the plane? Visit TurbulenceForecast.com to view turbulence maps for routes everywhere in the world. This free-to-use site provides access to the same maps pilots use, plus helpful explanations on how to interpret them. TurbulenceForecast.com also offers a concierge forecast by email service from the founder of the website. Place your order before your flight, and you'll receive a personalized forecast by email that details what turbulence to expect during your entire route. Exciting updates are rolling out later this year, including all new enhanced maps and an upgrade to our forecast by email service. So be sure to join the mailing list to be the first to know when those features are available. Check it out today at turbulenceforecast.com. Now, before we get into health and safety, I want to say something about our last show on airline network planning. I received more than one note from current planners who said they don't do any of that stuff. Or as one person said, quote, what network planners actually go to cities and do sample size of one discussions about the economy in restaurants? That's crazy. Now, first, this is great news. It proves people are actually listening to us, Dave. And we're having enough of an impact that they feel compelled to tell us we're wrong. In fairness to me, I tell you you're wrong all the time. Yeah, yeah, but these people uh, actually know what they're talking about. Anyway, to the point, every airline will do things differently. I glossed over the data part of the equation because that's more obvious. Instead, I focused on the different tricks of the trade that others told me they used in their jobs. So the point is, each airline does things differently, but we aren't just making up these stories. We're not? (laughs) Just kidding. For once, you are correct. Oh, Thank you. Thank you, sir. Now, with that said, let's get back into the health and safety race. COVID-19 scares the crap out of a lot of people. And airlines realize that the idea of sitting in a metal tube surrounded by strangers for hours on end is particularly terrifying. Uh, That's true even without COVID. All right, grumpy. But airlines get that COVID-19 makes things even more concerning. So they've gone on an all-out assault on health and safety. This just feels weird, since airlines have never wanted to compete on safety before. But hey, we're in strange times. And they aren't wrong. After all, we live in a world where experts are suggesting that people keep six feet of distance between each other. And on an airplane, that's one area where it's physically impossible, unless the flight is really, really empty. So the airlines have tried to do whatever they can to convince customers that it really is safe to fly. Many airlines have even branded their plans with names like The Southwest Promise or United Clean Plus, sticking with that whole mileage plus type of uh, nomenclature there. Anyway, the the airlines are also teaming up now with different medical experts and cleaners. Uh, United's with the Cleveland Clinic. I guess they've gotten over the fact that United shut that hub. Uh, And also with Clorox. Delta's with the Mayo Clinic and Lysol's uh, parent company. Uh, Americans working with Vanderbilt, and uh, they hand out Purell all over the place. Uh, Americans also uh, trying to get, I don't know, GBAC, G-B-A-C, however you want to go with that acronym, 
star accreditation, which apparently signals to the public that it's equipped to respond to pandemics. So bet you're checking that list every day, Dave, right? Every single day. Thought so. Uh, but you know what? The Delta has probably gone the furthest here with its Delta Care standard. It even appointed someone to be the VP of global cleanliness. So that's one person at one airline responsible for global cleanliness. That's uh, uh-huh. that's a pretty big job. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should see how much time he spends cleaning each airplane. That guy does not sleep. Uh, but, you know, look, of course, some of these tactics have actual tangible benefits, while others are just for show. Uh, but, you know, if it comes together to convince people that flying safe, then okay, these all these things have done their jobs. All right. So keeping that in mind uh, and that we're still learning about this virus every day, uh, which of these protocols is more effective right now? Well, interestingly, so some of the most important things are those which are already happening before all this started anyway. Uh, for example, the air filtration system on an airplane is hugely helpful to preventing the spread. Uh, in short, what happens is air comes down from the ceiling, uh, pushes down past you, and then gets pulled back out from the floor. Uh, and then it gets filtered, so it gets replaced completely every few minutes, similar to what you'd find in a hospital isolation room. Uh, and the filter, they use a HEPA filter, which, uh, so this, this is very technical, so let me try to explain this. Uh, air goes into filter, filter keeps more than 99.9% of the bad stuff out, air then heads back toward you, so you don't die from lack of said air. That was beautiful. That was such an artful explanation. I know. It's a gift. It's a gift. But so do keep in mind the HEPA filters are on almost all of the most current aircraft. Uh, the, the most common exception to that is 50 seat regional jets. Uh, so you'll find those in the U.S. usually under the American Eagle Delta Connection or United Express banner. Uh, the two you want to look out for, the CRJ200 and the Embraer ERJ145, those don't actually have HEPA filters, so you should avoid the 50-seaters if you're worried about that. Um, as someone who's over six feet tall, I avoid those already. So this sounds good, but it doesn't really protect me from some jerk next to me coughing, right? Nope, no it doesn't. And that's where other things come into play, starting with precautions taken in the airports themselves. Some people question the idea of having temperatures checked, since a lot of people aren't showing symptoms. But hey, if it catches one person, it might be worthwhile, especially when they use those thermal scanners, which have no impact on the traveler. You don't even know what's happening. On the other hand, the accuracy of those thermal scanners has been, uh, shall we say, seriously questioned. So it may just be for show. Uh, but, you know, more helpful and tangible than that is uh, airlines and airports are trying to enable distancing by spacing people out, you know, closing off every other ticket counter position and things like that, putting markers on the ground, whatever. Uh, and then they're also putting up plexiglass at ticket counters. So they're really trying to reduce interactions between people. Uh, and once you do get to the airplane, I mean, look, if, if you have a cough or shortness of breath, they're not going to let you on or they shouldn't be letting you on. Uh, but contagious people can still get on board if they have no symptoms. And if you're sitting next to that person, I mean, look, you just have to wear your mask and hope no one puts up too much of a fight when they're told to do the same thing. Uh, and airlines are all now mandating masks on board and increasingly in the airports as well. They're cutting out exemptions so that for the most part, the only way you can get out of wearing your mask is if you're under two years old. And if you're under two and listening to this podcast, well, uh, you're pretty advanced for your age there, Mozart. 
Uh, yeah, good luck to you, under two-year-old, listening to this podcast. Uh, so <laughs> what's the stuff that they do for show? So, I mean, as far as I can tell, a lot of the deep cleaning they do on airplanes seems to be less important than they let on. It sounds increasingly like it's difficult to actually catch COVID from surfaces unless you're actively rubbing your face after touching things. But, man, you shouldn't be doing that on an airplane anyway. Uh, but airlines do offer sanitizer on board, and TSA lets you bring up to 12 ounces yourself to you know, flout those vaunted liquid rules. So keep yourself sanitized. Don't touch your face. That's probably most of what you need. Uh, Southwest, uh, incidentally, seems to agree with this plan. Uh, it's just been reportedly told to flight attendants there that they're going to dial back on their cleaning procedures. Uh, they're saying in between flights, they're now just going to use the disinfectant on tray tables and in bathrooms instead of all surfaces. So uh, enjoy that one there, Dave. Oh, I was hoping that airlines would continue to actually clean their airplanes. They're pretty disgusting uh, before all of this. Oh, you're not kidding. Uh, you mean you don't like the blankets? Like I, you, you don't snuggle up with those? And the uh, no, no, never, never touch the blanket or a pillow on an airplane. No, yeah, absolutely you're not. Out, man. Nope. Yeah. All right, fine. Well, but but yes, look, the extra cleaning is good in general, and Southwest is still doing extra cleaning compared to what they were doing. Uh, but I just don't know how much that actually does to prevent the spread of COVID specifically. All right, so if I understand this right, airlines are doing a bunch of things, but uh, are they all really doing the same thing as each other, or are there any differences? Dude, I, I told you there's a VP of global cleanliness at Delta. Is that not enough? No. Well, all right. Well, there are actually some differences. So uh, I spent way more time than anyone should ever have to spend digging into the policies of the big four U.S. airlines, so American, Delta, Southwest, and United. And what I found is that the differences lie primarily in three areas. Uh, the first is mask rules, which we already talked a little bit about. Um, you know, airlines have started to come together on this uh, better than they were in the early days. And so now, for the most part, uh, if you are over two years old, you have to wear a mask unless you're eating or drinking, since obviously you can't do that with a mask on. And then there are really no other exceptions, uh, except for those airlines that have other exceptions. I know that's very helpful. Uh, but uh, of the big four, the only exception is on Delta, which will actually allow those with medical conditions that prevents them from wearing a mask. Um, it allows them to fly, but only after undergoing a really thorough health screening at the airport, which will definitely make them miss their flight. Uh, but, you know, look, if you can't breathe enough wearing a mask, you probably shouldn't really be getting on an airplane. I mean, you need to think twice about that. Uh, I'm sure there are reasons that some people need to, but in general, it's not the best plan. And Delta may be a little more lax on that side, but actually in another area, Delta is more strict. So they have uh, more specific rules around the type of mask you can wear. Uh, you've heard about this with the exhaust valves, that if those are on an N95, you can't wear a mask that has that because that just pushes your breath out into everyone else's space, which is no good. It defeats the whole purpose. Um, but, you know, pretty much anything else goes. So just make sure it covers your nose and your mouth. Yeah. How have people not figured out how to wear those yet? Man, I have no idea. It, it, it bottles the mind. <laughs> but... but I mean, those who fight this to me, they're just being selfish. I, I, could you imagine being a flight attendant and having to deal with this? Uh, no. Shout out to all the flight attendants uh, doing uh, everything possible to keep everybody safe while on board. Um, so, yeah, can't say yeah, can't say more great things about them. 
I mean, you can. We have time. <laughs> no? No. Fine. no I, flight attendants are wonderful people. I, I wish them all well. All right. They get the point. <laughs> Uh, but just think about how hard that job is and now merge that as uh, now being a mask police person. It's not like it hurts someone to actually wear a mask. I mean, at most, it's a minor inconvenience for almost everyone. Like, just just wear the mask. Stop making others miserable. Stop this. It, anyway, I digress. That, that's one area where the airlines differentiate. Uh, another is in electrostatic cleaning. Uh, what the hell is that? This is a good question. <laughs> this is one of those things that nobody knew what it was, and now it's uh, entered the uh, the lexicon here. But uh, so, have you seen those pictures of like the people fogging airplanes on the inside with those guns? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that that's electrostatic spraying. And as I understand it, uh, airlines spray, things die, everyone's happy. Uh, but all the airlines are doing it differently. So, like on airplanes, for example, Delta's doing it before every flight. United does it before every flight on, quote, most aircraft. And uh, side note, I asked United what that meant, but I never got a response. So, you know, take your best guess. Uh, meanwhile, like American, they do it at least every seven days. And Southwest does it at least every 30 days. Uh, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah, no kidding. But the thing is, they don't use the same liquids when they spray, so they apparently do different things with the, the different ones they use. Like some kill germs, um, but others actually protect the materials that they land on to help repel germs for a certain amount of time. So, for example, American talks about how it's using a product that's on EPA list N. I am very, very close to stop. I, I can't listen to this. <laughs> no, I, look, I stopped listening to myself long ago, but... In case you were wondering, Dave, uh, EPA list N is, quote, disinfectants for use against SARS-CoV-2. So way to go, American. Uh, you know, Southwest says it's spraying every 30 days uh, and that coats surfaces to repel germs. But that seems pretty infrequent, especially compared to the other guys. But it, to be fair, it may be overkill to do the spraying before every flight as Delta is doing. I can't really figure this out. All right. So you said there was a third differentiator? Yes, and thank you for giving up on electrostatic <laughs> because I did as well. But anyway, the the third one is the one that most people know about, I think, and that's uh, whether a middle seat will be blocked or not on board. So right now, Southwest is blocking middle seats through the end of October. Uh, Delta is doing the same through September. I haven't talked about the smaller guys here yet, but Alaska, Hawaiian, and JetBlue are all doing something along those lines too. Uh, the outliers, neither American nor United, are blocking middle seats. But they are telling people if their flights are going to be relatively full, and they let people change the flights without penalty if they are. Okay, so this has to make a big difference, right? I mean, that's not actually all that clear. Uh, even if the middle seat's blocked, there's still a ton of people who are within six feet of you. But yes, it's at least one less person in that area, and it keeps the closest person further away from you. Uh, there was actually a study that showed that, yes, blocking middle seats helps, but it also said the chance of catching COVID on board with someone in the middle seat, assuming masks are being used and all that, is actually less than the chance you'll personally be struck by lightning. I mean, you could tell me all that and, you know, it did no good at all, but I'll still pick the flight with the empty middle seat, thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, you and me both. I mean, if the price is the same, why would you not take the empty middle, right? The problem for the airlines, it's not sustainable to leave that open. Let's say Delta stops after September. Then what? 
COVID won't be magically gone by them. So it seems like Delta's really making a pretty long-term commitment to lose money here. Not my problem. Give me the cheap flight with the empty middle, please. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's how every traveler should be thinking. It's definitely not their problem. Take advantage all you can. Yeah. All right, so this is helpful to better understand what's going on here, but uh, I'm still not sure how much of this matters. Uh, yeah. You know, the masks uh, seem pretty helpful, and you know everything else, you know, it's good to have. The electrostatic, man, yeah. don't you know? That's, that's the key. All right. All right. Well, whatever. I mean, okay, I guess the most important thing here when deciding to travel is, you know, everyone just gauge their own comfort level. It'll be a different answer for everyone. And if you're not comfortable with it, then don't do it. But the reality is that the chances of catching COVID on an airplane are low. Just know that and then take the basic precautions. Same stuff we've been talking about since this whole thing started. You know, do your social distancing when you can. Wear a mask. Bring sanitizer. Wash your hands when you can. Don't touch your face. Dave, don't touch your face. And, you know, if you do that, your chances seem to be pretty low of catching anything when you fly. But when it comes to picking your airline... Just know they're all doing things to help lower your chances of getting sick, and they're talking to experts to make sure they're all doing things properly. I mean, in the end, I'd pick my airline based on the usual price, schedule, and onboard product, but now the difference is the onboard product might include an empty middle seat. So, hey, that's worth keeping in mind. Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. Remember to rate and review us wherever you get your pods. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. But before we finish up, I want to again thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight you take has turbulence, but wouldn't you like to know how much there will be and when it'll happen? Check out TurbulenceForecast.com for worldwide turbulence maps, interpretations, and a concierge forecast by email service. You can receive a personalized turbulence forecast before your flight from the founder of the website. That's TurbulenceForecast.com. And if you'd also like to be a sponsor here, let us know. Email Dave directly at Dave at CrankyConcierge.com. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at CrankyConcierge.com. Or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Cranky Concierge. If you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at CrankyDaily.com.